One word from God is able to change your entire world. The message you're about to hear will mold you to be a model to your world and bring you excellence, prosperity, success, healing, purity, and dominion over all forms of wickedness. Get set for an encounter of a lifetime to open up your heart to receive God's word from his servant, Bishop David O. Hallelujah. This month, the wisdom of God will work for you. This month, every trace of foolishness around your life shall be destroyed. A lot of people are destroyed, not because Satan has picked them as object of attack, but because they are foolish. Wherever foolishness reigns, Satan will always have a field day. Wherever wisdom is exalted, it brings people to honor and fame. When you live in wisdom, for instance, you live in health. Healthy living and long life is not a product of prayer, per se. It's a product of wisdom. That's why wisdom, speaking in Proverbs chapter 3, he said, riches and honor are in his right hand, and long life in his left hand. You can live long. You can be free from sickness. Somebody is told that there is sugar in his blood, and yet he feels like drinking coke every day. He's digging his grave. I don't bless what to eat. I eat what is blessed. Huh? I don't bless what to eat. I eat what is blessed. If they say water is good for your body, be drinking water. If they say what warm water is good for you, be drinking warm water. You secure your life. I don't bind the devil over my health. I just manage my life according to scriptural guide. So I wake up every day strong, healthy. Eat what I should eat. Eat at the time I should eat. Eat moderately as I should eat. Because I need my body for the work I'm doing. Praise God. Foolishness will not be your portion again. Tonight, our brief teaching is winning by wisdom. Winning by wisdom. And I want to begin by saying that life is designed for winning. Life is not designed to be burdensome. Life is never designed to be wearisome. Life is to be lived with smile every day. Life is to be lived without putting yourself under pressure. And it will interest you to know that winning is your heritage as a believer. You are born to win. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatsoever is born of God. So you are born to win. Say with me, I am born to win. Huh? He said, in all these things we are more than conquerors. So you are born to conquer. Say with me, I am born to conquer. Wisdom is God's grand design for the believer's winning life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, God has ordained the hidden wisdom for our glory. He has given us wisdom so we can live a glorious life. It is walking in wisdom 
that culminates in winning. Walking in wisdom is what leads you to a winning life. Winning at home, winning at work, winning in your business, in your career, winning over sickness. Walking in wisdom is what culminates in a winning life. In the second service on Sunday, I talked about Jesus Christ, the embodiment of the power and the wisdom of God. And I said, Jesus was using power to help people, but he was using wisdom to secure his life. Huh? You can't enter into a satanic trap walking in wisdom. And you know, this world is full of craftiness that you need the wisdom of God to be able to bail you out. It is walking in wisdom that culminates in winning. Now, when you see people who are very much favored in their places of work, you need to find out how they are doing it. It's not just prayer. You can't be arrogant to your boss and expect favor from him. Huh? Wisdom. David behaved himself wisely before Saul. And every day he was promoted through his wise behavior. It is working in wisdom that culminates in a winning life. So wisdom is the winning card in the game of life. Wisdom is the winning card in the game of life. Before we make a major definition of wisdom tonight, I want to quickly say that the proof of wisdom is very simple and summed up this way. How do I know that you are wise? The evidence of wisdom is sweat-free result. Winning without sweat is the proof of wisdom. How do you know who is wise? A wise man is one who uses what is around him to create what does not exist. He's winning without sweat. People look at him. They can't match his result with his age or with his size. Because he's not running around like others are running. Energy of the flesh does not equal result. That you are looking so serious and tense on your face doesn't mean that you are busy. Being busy does not equal business. Praise God. <laughs> I walk and I smile as if there is no work. Bishop Oedipo said, somebody met him one day and asked him, do you ever have a problem? And he answered, but maybe it came and I didn't know. Because the joy is overwhelming. Yet you cannot deny the result on ground. From now, people will not see your sweat again. Sweat is a clear evidence of foolishness. The more foolish you are, the more you sweat. When wisdom comes, the whole essence of wisdom is to eliminate sweat and increase sweat. The whole essence of wisdom is to eliminate sweat and increase sweat. Wisdom is about reducing your sweat and increasing your sweat. Hallelujah. Wisdom makes you get a result that does not look like you. 
Look at Joseph, a slave. He doesn't look like it. He didn't go to school. He didn't have all the qualifications. His CV is near zero. But when God's wisdom came upon him, he became a teacher to senators. Look at Daniel, a slave, a non-indigenous in Babylon. Yet, he stayed on in Babylon and his oppression transcended the rule of three kings in Babylon. All the kings died, but wisdom refused to die. Sweat free. I pray for you again today that your sweat shall reduce. Your sweat shall be eliminated. And your sweat shall increase. Please listen to this very well. I don't sweat to win. That's the truth. I don't sweat to win. I sleep like you church members sleep. When you hear me say I'm awake, I'm not awake to struggle. I'm awake to study. I'm awake to reflect before the Lord. When it is time to sleep, I sleep. I don't have one sleepless night because of the church. I don't have one sleepless night over my assignment because I know that he is the owner of the work. I am only a laborer doing what he commands me to do part time. In years past, when I go outside of my base, people greet me as ordinary person, especially among my contemporaries in ministry. But when they come to visit my base, they change their attitude towards me when they see results. You see, nothing commands respect like results. Nobody wants to know you by your title. You can be a title and be tied down. They can call you bishop, call you archbishop, call you prophet, call you anything. If you don't have result, nobody will respect you. Every man's respect is tied to his result. And result is a product of wisdom, not a product of height or age or size. Praise God. I told you sometimes ago, somebody came and uh, met me. He received healing through one of my publications. All the way from Kogi State, he traveled to uh, Garden of Faith in Kaduna. And he stood at the front desk asking after me. He said, can I see this man? And while they were talking to him, I came out on my way home. And they told him, that's the man. And he looked at me up and down. He said, are you the one? I said, I'm the one. He said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, well, if you're not sure, I'm sure of myself. <laughs> you may not look like it, but when wisdom is at work, you cannot be denied. From tonight, I decree that your sweat will be converted to sweeter. I decree that your sweat will be converted into sweet. Now listen to this. Christianity is a call to rest. It's a come unto me all ye that labor. And I heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Christianity is a call to rest. It's not a call to sweat. So as a Christian, there shouldn't be sweat around you. Unbelievers should look at you and say, ah, ah, there must be something that he has that we don't have. You should be sleeping very comfortably. Not that you are sleeping under air condition. Three air condition in your room with remote control everywhere, yet you are sweating. Something is wrong somewhere. <laughs> hey, you won't sweat again. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 15. He said, the labor of every foolish man will yet every one of them because he does not know how to enter into the city. So, weariness is associated to foolishness. When you are foolish, you will be weary. 
Foolishness destroys a lot of destiny. Sometimes ago I was sharing on this verse of scriptures. And I said, in practical terms, if you say you are coming to Abuja, and you say, the Lord led me to come to Abuja, and you don't have a dime in your pocket, you start from the outskirts. The labor of a very foolish man waited everyone because he does not know how to enter. So you enter from somewhere, you enter from the outskirts. And gradually you are coming in and coming in. When our ministry started in Kaduna, we started at one outskirt in Angwarimi, where rent was cheap. And from there, gradually and gradually and gradually and gradually into the city. With wisdom, you can eliminate your sweat and win thoroughly as you win. God has sent you to rent a shop to do business, to be selling. And all you are looking for is the central area in Abuja. And here you are, they ask you, how much do you have? You say, you have only 10,000 naira. <laughs> the foolishness of that step is enough to kill you and to destroy you. As a young pastor, in January 1988, our entire church income was 30 naira. And 30 naira must be enough. I must not borrow according to covenant with God. And church must grow. And one of the times we needed to circulate, you know, uh, invitations to people to come to church. So we bought postcard, and I remember I could do some artistic work, and got some uh, uh, what do you call it? Some marker, and wrote by myself, and went around post office, around people, places where people pass most, and place it on the wall. I will not borrow to serve God. And from there we improved. God brought somebody into church, you know, a drought man. Who could use his, his stylus and pen to write. So he wrote, and I told him he should make it very small, one quarter of a foolscap sheet. So after doing it, I said, go and photocopy it and make four copies. Then you make the four copies on one page and do photocopying. We were able to buy only 20 sheets. 20 sheets of, you know, uh, what do you call it? Duplicating paper. So, and I told the church members, every one of you, raise up the hand bill and pray right now. And after praying, you must not be a waster. You will go to town. You give it to one person to read. After he has read it, you collect it and take it to the next person to read. Take it to the next person to read to the next person. No sweat. I said, you know, this is God's money. If you, if you, are, if you throw it away, God will curse you. I have never struggled to get money for ministry in my life. I've never sweated. I've never had one sleepless night. It is what is available that will be used to do what should be done. And from there, we are moving forward and moving forward and growing and growing and growing and growing. Praise God. I see you moving forward. Say with me, I will sweat no more. So the proof of wisdom is sweat-free result. When it includes sweat, then it has included foolishness. According to Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 15. Foolishness and weariness goes together every time you are getting weary over certain steps you are taking then you should know that you have taken certain foolish steps foolishness is synonymous to weariness every time you are struggling to get something done check it you might have taken a foolish step because when it is a step of wisdom you don't sweat check all through the bible all men of wisdom don't have a trace of sweat look at solomon Everything was working because wisdom was at work. When wisdom is at work, everything will be working. When wisdom is at work, everything will be working as if you are not working. So, 
The whole essence of wisdom is to eliminate sweat and to increase sweat. Now, what is wisdom? We are going to look at the definition of uh, wisdom, first of all, from scriptural perspective. And the reason that is important is because the Bible is the book of God. It is the expression of the mind of God. And God himself, being the wise God, has given us this book of wisdom so we can be able to order our lives properly. So the Bible remains the book of wisdom. Anything outside of the Bible is inferior. It has been proved over and over again that men of wisdom in all ages are men who identify with the Bible. Every nation that you hear of today in technological advancement are nations who have respect for the Bible, accommodate its principles, regard the teachings of the Bible. And as they do, the spiritual regeneration begins to create mental transformation for them. The grand definition of wisdom is simply put application of knowledge wisdom is application of knowledge wisdom is knowledge plus action when action follows knowledge then wisdom is born when action follows knowledge then wisdom is born this is very important. I'd like you to follow me very carefully. Knowledge does not equal wisdom. Knowledge is about intellectualism. That you are intellectual does not mean you will have results. Intellectualism does not equal expertise. That's why you can have a professor who does not have food to eat. He has plenty of knowledge, but he has no application of the knowledge. That's why you can have a pastor very eloquent in the teachings of scriptures, yet he has no proof. Now, I know of two major teachers of prosperity. If you read the book of one of them, very explicit, very detailed, full of revelation but the proof is not as much as another one that i know who practices prosperity to the core and yet his prosperity is endless it is not much of what you know but what you practice that makes you a wise man acquisition of knowledge will make your head full but application of knowledge will make your life full i don't know whether somebody got what i'm saying a lot of people have full heads their brain is full of knowledge but their life is empty of result because it is not what you know that makes you it is what you practice that makes you it is the practice of scriptures that guarantees your future 
The practice. The practice. There are people who can teach on love, but inside them is deep hatred for his wife. There are some who can teach on healing, but inside his cupboard at home is all kinds of drugs. He's a teacher, but he's not a practitioner. Musicians, you agree with me? There are some people who can teach music a lot, but can't sing. Huh? The microphone that will carry his voice is yet to be manufactured. <laughs> so it is not just what you know, whether spiritual or secular, that makes you, but your action. That's why you discover that somebody never went to school or went to school very barely. And he owns factories where doctors, chartered accountants are working under him. Am I saying something? Why? Because the little he knows, he puts it to work. We don't have problem with acquiring knowledge. We only have problem with applying knowledge. When I look at the life of Bishop Oedeku, for instance, in my own personal, you know, humble lessons I've learned from him, I have seen him as a man who does not necessarily have what you call extraordinary intellectualism. But as much as a man who, when he hears God say to him something right now, the following day, he starts doing it. Whether it will work or not, he starts practicing it. Many of us keep waiting for good conditions to do what we know. That's why things are not working. Wisdom is a continuous process. And the more committed you are to the process, the wiser you become. Now, what does this process contain from the pages of scriptures? Come with me quickly to Matthew chapter 7. Say with me, I will, not, I will no longer be just a, an hearer of the word. I will be a doer of the word. Now, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaking, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever, say with me, whosoever. So you see, it's an open field, it's an open life. God doesn't discriminate people. It is we who make our choices for our placement. I'd like to repeat that again. God doesn't discriminate people. It is we who make our choice for placement. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. So with me, heareth these sayings. And doeth them. Uh huh. He said, I will liken him unto a wise man. So, a wise man is one who hears and does what he has heard, which built his house upon a rock. Wisdom makes your destiny solid. Rock stands for solidity stability continuity i shall liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock that's why wise people are always stable people nothing moves them 
According to Isaiah chapter 33 verse 6, Isaiah 33 verse 6, he said, Wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your time. When you practice what you hear, you are building a stable destiny. Cannot be shaken anyhow. By practice, destiny is built upon a rock. Look at verse 25. And the rain descended, and the floods came, because they must come. And the winds blew, and beat upon that house. But in spite of the beating, the house fell not. So when you fall, it is not because the wind is too strong. It's because you are a fool. Foolishness is synonymous to a fall. Every time you fall, you should check what is it that made you to fall. Because wise people don't fall. And it fell not. Why? Because it was founded upon a rock. And what is that rock? It is wisdom. It is stable. It cannot fall. Now, look at the other side. Verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not. Can you see? The same opening. Whosoever heareth this saying. Whosoever heareth this saying. Whosoever heareth this saying. The first one he said, and doeth them. The second one he said, and doeth them not. He shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. He assumes everything will work. And the rain descended, just like it descended in the first place. And the floods came, the same flood. And the winds blew, the same wind. And beat upon that house, the same time. And it fell. Not because the wind was stronger, but because it was founded upon the sand. And great was the fall of it. From this season, you shall not fall again. I said, from this season, your business shall not fall again. From this season, your business shall not fall again. In the precious name of Jesus. You see, the guarantee for any vision is wisdom. There are many people who have great visions, but are falling every day. There are several believers who started businesses on the ground of vision. And it's so clear. God gave them the vision. But the business couldn't continue because of foolishness. You have one million capital and you use 600,000 to rent a job. Uh -uh. That's foolishness. You have 200,000 for capital and you are traveling by air to Lagos. You carry bag, carry portfolio in your hand. They ask you where you're going. I'm, I'm going to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> they say, but what? So I'm going to Lagos. <laughs> I'm going to Lagos. By the time you go twice, about 25% of the capital is gone. Huh? Great vision, but at the mercy of wisdom for it to work. Praise God. A pastor wants to start church and he has only 200,000 naira and he's looking for a place that he will rent for 500,000 naira and he's believing God very heavily. You don't believe God for so you use what you have. When I was going to uh, start church planting work, five of us were sent to different places under Bishop Wedepo. I was given 4,000 naira 1987. 4,000 naira to rent house, to rent church, to buy pew, to buy chair, microphone, megaphone, <laughs> speaker. Everything ins that you need for church is inside that money. And the money must not get lost. We are one. If the money is lost, just get lost with it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But see what wisdom has done today. 
that church today, by the grace of God, is growing in leaps and bounds in that, in that community. It's the biggest church. Wisdom. In my view, as a nation, we don't have a problem with money. We have a problem with foolishness. Foolishness. Fool, foolishness. Waste. Eating everything. Destroying everything. That's what is killing us. The flood came. And the house was destroyed. Your house will no longer be destroyed. When we first moved to Lagos. I'm saying all of this so that you can learn the way we are following. As your privileged leaders. The church started in the Anapaja. And somebody who had concern for Bishop Boyeroko said, Hey, why don't you move to Ikeja? That's where people of your class live. Move to Ikeja. And they went there to look at a house, to rent. And they asked, how much is the house? I think that time they said the house was going to be 300,000. So he asked them, is it to buy or to rent? <laughs> that they mustn't hear that in my village. He went back and was living in his closet at Yanekwaja. Can you compare Kenan land to Yanapaja today? A lot of people through foolishness have eaten their future today. For lack of discipline. They can't wait. Among other things that wisdom helps you to do is to know your level, to know your size per time. Some years back, I sent somebody to go and look for uh, footwear for me. And when he brought it, the first question I asked him is, how much is it? He said, wear it first. I said, no, I can't wear it. How much is this thing? Because by the time I wear it, you now say it's very good on your foot. So it's very good. This is very nice. No. How much is this thing? He said, wear it first. I said, I bind you in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clear up. <laughs> I, you, you can live your life without pressure if you live in wisdom. Somebody said he bought something for you from, uh, you know, from France. That in fact, when I saw you, it just when I saw this thing, your name just came to my mind. And they push it and push it and push it on your neck. And you were wearing debt. You were wearing debt. You come to church, everybody thinks you are wearing cloth. It is debt you are wearing. <laughs> you haven't paid for it, you are wearing it. And they look at you, they spy the man. That, that sister is wearing something great. This is, that is real, real fashion. Real fashion. They won't know it is it's his neck. It's, it's, it's a rope on your neck. Hallelujah. Say with me, no more foolishness for me. You see, I'm going down the heart this way because there are a lot of things killing people under. A lot of things killing people underneath the ground. I won't rent house that I will have to be living God for every year to pay for. For what? I won't put my children in school fees where I will have to be believing God to pay their school fees. Because there is no school where they open the brain of children and put books inside. Are you there? Yes, Tell your neighbor, don't kill yourself. Amen. I hope I'm not touching somebody too much. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how to live. Praise God. I say praise God. The practice of what you hear is what makes you wise. Now, the difference between the wise and the foolish is practice. And I'll show you two instances. In John chapter 2 verse 5, they wanted miracle of wine. And the mother of Jesus said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And as they did it, they got the blessing. God blesses you not for what you hear, but for what you do. God blesses you not for what you hear, but for what you do. Now, look at the other side of it. There is a story of a king in Israel called Saul, the first king in Israel. 
Now, I'd like you to get back home and read the entire chapter 13. The Lord instructed him to go and destroy the Amalekites. And when he got there, he did not destroy them. Or rather, he destroyed the men, but he did not destroy the cattle. And he brought back the cattle home. And then Samuel said to him, Hey, what's happening? You didn't do what the Lord commanded you to do. He said, Yeah, I did it, but I just spared this. And Samuel said to him, You have behaved foolishly. He said, Now will your kingdom have been established. But because you have refused to do what God commanded you to do, your kingdom shall be no more. You see that? He lost his kingdom for foolishness. And what is the foolishness? Refusing to do what God commanded them to do. He was laboring and laboring because he would not follow what God said he should do. The substitute to practice of scriptures is weariness, suffering. That's the substitute to it. First Samuel chapter 13, you find all of that there, verses 13 and 14 specifically. He said, now will your kingdom have been established. You have behaved foolishly. Therefore, your kingdom shall not continue. May foolishness not terminate your future. I say may foolishness not terminate your future. Now, look at the life of Abraham. What gave him a future was the practice of scriptures. Genesis chapter 12. Verses 1 to 4. And the Lord said to Abraham, Get thee out of your country. Go from among your father's kindred into the place I will show to you. And in verse 4, And Abraham departed. Say with me, action. And Abraham departed. Chapter 17, at age 99, the Lord appeared to him and said, Circumcise yourself and all the male in your house. And the Bible tells me in verses 23 to 26, that Abraham circumcised himself the self same day. The same day, the same day. And in chapter 22, the Lord appeared to him in the night and said to me, Abraham, I need your son for you to sacrifice him. And early in the morning, Abraham woke up. He woke up. He woke up to look for the mountain where the Lord showed to him in order to sacrifice his son. What are we saying? Wisdom is what you know plus what you apply. May you receive grace. To be a practitioner of scriptures. May you receive grace. Not only to practice it. But to practice it promptly. To practice it promptly. To practice it promptly. Praise God. I say praise God. I say praise God. You suddenly read from scriptures. Husband, love your wife. And you have not been loving your wife the way you should. When you start practicing it, you start enjoying the benefits that goes with it. That's the way it works. It may look slow, but it is very sure. As you continue to build and build and practice what you hear, you are building your house upon the rock. And very shortly, when the wind comes, it will find you stable, immovable, and growing in grace in the name of Jesus. Now, as we begin to round up, you will recall that there are two major things we have brought out from these scriptures in the definition of wisdom number one we've talked about you know knowledge acquisition of knowledge and two we have talked about the practice of knowledge how do you make 
acquisition of knowledge. What does it take to acquire knowledge? Because what you don't acquire in the first place, you cannot practice. If wisdom is acquisition of knowledge, then first of all, you have to know how to acquire it. And number one, you buy materials. You pay for it. Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and sell it not. Buy the truth and sell it not. Buy. There is no free education. Hmm? The cost of ignorance is more than the cost of education. Huh? You pay for education, initially it may look heavy, but when the dividend of it begins to appear in the future, you'll be happy that you did. I can't forget, as a young pastor, I had some of my colleagues who were buying dresses, buy designers wear, designer tear, tie, designer shoe, designer, uh -uh. I'll be wondering, looking at them as if I don't know how to enjoy life. And I was buying books and buying Bible. I remember I bought a four parallel Bible when it first came out in 1988. Four parallel Bible, I bought it for 95 Naira, 90 Kobo. That was about, you know, more than one third of my salary then. My salary then was 240 Naira. But here we are, I was living with some fellows who would buy all of these designers wear. Buy perfume, buy shaving cream, buy blade. I was using raw blade to shave them. May I submit humbly that there is none of them that can stand where I stand today. The cost of ignorance is more than the cost of education. I don't need to buy coats now. No. But they are still buying coats. I don't need to repair my shoes now. But they are still repairing their shoes now. I don't need to think of what kind of tie I will wear. But they are wearing the same tie. Some for years. No change. Wash it, iron it. Wash it, iron it. The tie say, I'm tired. They say, you can't be tired. I can't retire you. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's cheaper to be educated than to be ignorant. Please buy the truth and sell it not. Last week, I went to a church in New York and the only place I visited was bookshop. Bookshop. What am I looking for dress for? What about the one I brought from home? Bookshop. Bought the books and when I saw that the books was large, I needed extra bag to carry it. That was what made me to go to a store. A large store where they sell all manner of things. But I asked them that took me there. I said, look, I'm looking for bag. Oh yeah, let's go there straight to where bag is. Here are bags. Wristwatches, cloth, uh -uh, that's not my mission. I'm going for bag. Bought the bag, oh yeah, let's go to pack my books home. I saw the books, I kissed them. I placed them close to my chest because I want to dress my soul. The dressing of my soul is more important than the dressing of my body. If your soul is not well dressed, no matter what clothes you wear, you will still look like a vulture. <laughs> Amen. You see, if you are not proper, if your spirit is not right, no matter how expensive the cloth they give to you is, you will still look like, you know, wretched inside it. Amen? There is no dress I wear that does not fit me. Why? Because my spirit is right. Are you hearing that? You need to carry a, a loaded spirit, a well-fed spirit. When your spirit man is fed, it reflects on the outside. I am not mechanical about smiling. Meet me anytime. I'm full of it. Why? My soul is buoyant. Very buoyant. 
Never discouraged. Never down once. Praise God. Buy the truth. Help me tell you, neighbor, buy the truth. Instead of buying a car, buying guguru, buying a kono, zaki, buying a zobo drink, buying coke, mixing Martina with a Martex, a Martex with Fanta. <laughs> buy the truth. Instead of buying wristwatches, buy the truth. Buy the truth. Buy the truth. Some people can buy wristwatches of 500,000, yet they can't buy a book of 10,000 naira. When they see somebody buying Bible, Bible and concordance, they ask me, ah, you want to become pastor? The Bible is not book of pastor. It is the book for Christian living. It's manual for living. Praise God. I don't have respect for any man who does not have a library in his house. I don't care how large your wardrobe is. If you don't have a library. Or at least have a table where you keep books. And you have chair where you sit to read. Like my own when I first started. I don't have respect for you. Because you will soon dry off. Praise God. The true worth of a man is the knowledge that he has. Praise God. Number two way to acquire the knowledge. You don't only buy the material. You spend time to study. You spend time to study. Spend time to study. Luke 2, 46-49. Jesus sat among doctors and lawyers, hearing and asking questions. Number three way to acquire knowledge. Pray for revelation. It's not enough to buy the books. It's not enough to sit down. Pray for revelation. Open my eyes, O Lord, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes, O Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 to 23. That your eyes of understanding be enlightened. That you may discover the things that are written there. Praise God. Well, that's just a bit of what it takes to acquire, among several other things that we will learn about in the course of the month. What does it take to acquire knowledge? Buy the materials, spend time to study, and then as you are studying, pray for revelation. Lord, as I open this book, it is opening to me. Amen? I plead the blood of Jesus for the opening of the book. Oh my God. I will not just be satisfied with the letters. Show me the spirit behind the scriptures. And then suddenly the Lord open your eyes. That will be your experience from tonight. Now, what does it take to practice what you have acquired? Because like we have said, knowledge acquired will make your head fat. But it is only knowledge applied that will make your life fat. A fat head does not equal a fat life. That you know it, it's not enough. You must practice it. What does it take to practice? And I'll show you two quick things. First of all, it takes humility to practice the scriptures. Because sometimes, the things you will discover will make you look stupid. Make you look fool. It is humility that helps you to despise the shame. There are many of us, many of us, who wouldn't do certain things because of shame. How can somebody like me, who owned big business before, start at this level? How can somebody like me, a graduate, go and be doing manual work? Because scriptures instructed you, whatsoever your hand finds to do, go and do it. That is knowledge. Now to apply it, Satan gets you intimidated with shame. What will they say of you as a graduate? That you are going to labor camp to go and carry wheelbarrow. But somebody applied that in this place and you had this testimony. 
who said he bought wheelbarrow and put sticker i'm a winner he said the first day he came out something told him ah they will laugh at you he said well let them laugh at me first and he started rolling the wheelbarrow and from there one church member saw him i said brother what are you doing here hey then helped him to secure a job of a security man in a bank and while he was doing security job they he heard one day that inside the bank there were people who were attending interview so he went there changed his dress like joseph quickly dressed up shaved his beard looked good like a banker and there they employed him in the same place where he was security man outside he now came inside because he practiced the scripture he despised the shame a lot of us are dying today because of pride pride how would they hear me like this how can they hear that i'm traveling by road eh? a man of my status i'm going by here at any cost i'm going <laughs> So he travels by air four times the capital finished the shame he didn't want is now what he came back to is somebody there how can somebody like me be living in a in a local place like massacre me a whole me like this no i'm going to live inside town right inside the city that's where i will live first year rent gone second year rent he started breathing and then they gave him notice and couldn't sleep and started dodging the landlord and one day they pushed out his load and then beyond massacre where he didn't want to live before <laughs> are you hearing that amen so you need to be humble you need to be humble praise god when i started as a young pastor i had a bench bench for my bed a humble beginning bench and i had a guest room bench was there too so the only guest that could come to my house is the guest that would sleep on bench as at that time i was inviting guest speaker to come and speak with me when we hold church program and when i want to invite guests i know my size i don't invite the guests that will need that i will need to get money to put in hotel because i didn't have money for hotel put him i asked him can you stay in this room he said yes okay you come stay in this room i'll stay in the room be praying there i'll be praying here <laughs> we are of the same level but now there is no hotel where I can rent for a guest. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Be humble. Humble beginning. And Jesus practiced that. First of all, by going to sit down where they are teaching him. No wonder I said in Matthew chapter 11. He said, come and learn of me. Come and learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. And you will find rest to your soul. Humble yourself humility is number one way to become a practitioner of scripture number two way what it takes to practice scripture courage you need to be courageous because you have plenty of discouragement you have a lot of suggestions not to take the steps you want to take you need courage before joshua commenced his life you know what the Lord said to him in Joshua chapter 1 verse 7? He said, be thou only be thou courageous to observe, to do the things which you have heard. You need courage. Courage to obey what the Lord commands you to do. Think about giving for instance. You need courage to give. The main reason why a lot of people can't give is because of fear. Ah, if I give this thing, what will I have tomorrow? Fear. And that fear keeps them under from the reward of their giving. You need courage to take steps to build your house. 
Somebody say, well, I'm, what am I earning? It's just 10,000 naira. No, that's not an excuse for you not to have your house. You go to where they are selling land of your size. And then, first of all, you go and put one tipper of sand there. You start threatening the ground that you are coming. Put 100 blocks there. It is cheaper to build a house than to buy a car. Because you can build in a gradual process. But you can't buy in a gradual process. You can't say, okay, today I'll buy engine and put it on somewhere. I'll buy gear and put it here. I'll buy windscreen and put it here. I'll buy tire and put it here. No, you don't do that. That's not how to buy a car. But you can build a house. You buy sand, you buy block, you buy, you know, uh, whatever you need to buy. You don't buy cement yet because the cement may, quack, may, you know, may you know, get hardened. Gradually, gradually, you need to be bold. You need to be courageous. You need to take steps. So these two elements are required for you to become a practitioner of scriptures. Number one, you need to be humble. And number two, you need to be courageous. Humble because of people who will despise you and mock you. Uh, look at him, the yeah, man. Like when I was sleeping on bench in that church, my room was out of band. Nobody could enter the room. But one day, I don't know how a brother entered the place. And when he entered, my God. Oh, bro. Oh, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. I didn't know it's like this. We will see what we can do. Up to now, he hasn't done anything. It's close to 18 years now. He hasn't done anything. So, you need to be humble over issues on which people will mock you and jest you. And then you need to be courageous over issues that Satan will tell you that it is not possible. That you can't do it. You need to be courageous. If God says it, I can do it. Hallelujah. This will make you become a practitioner. To God be the glory. Been a blessing to you. We'd like to hear from you as you send your testimonies to GoshenTestimonies at gmail.com or worship with us at Living Faith Church Goshen to the Miller 26. Abuja Kefi Road. Jesus is Lord.